What's up? What's up? What's up? All right, everybody. Hey, 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 hey. All right, hey, cool. So, what's up, everybody? Y'all doing okay? Love on fleek. Um, so, if y'all notice, Jordan and Katie Sears are not here. They're in Dallas, Texas, preparing for an internship we're going to have for Kyle for next year, which is amazing. Some of you guys don't know what that is, but if you want to know, ask someone on staff after Kai Alpha, and we'll be glad to tell you. But just know that it's awesome. But two people that are here are Paul and Holly Mancius, mine and Katie's mother and father. They're in the back over there. Came all the way from H-Town, Texas, Houston, that is. Um, and uh, they're awesome. If, uh, if you guys like me, thank them. If you don't, blame me. Because everything good I have, a lot of it came from them. Um, but anyways, yeah, so cool. Glad to have them there. They're pretty cool. Takes a cool set of parents to hang out with this crowd. So uh, glad to have them here. Um, Nathan's going to come up and read wherever he is. There he is. <laughs> that set of stairs is like an inch to him because he runs like 30 miles all the time. But we're going we're gonna to read... Uh, what am I, I don't even know what we're reading. Uh, Psalms chapter uh, 24. Psalms is about in the smack dab in the middle of your Bible, verses 1 and 2. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. That's right after Romans in the New Testament. Hey, guys. So this is Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Thanks, dude. Nathan's awesome. Uh, cool. So let's pray real quick, and then we'll move on. Father God, thank you, Lord, for um, just the opportunity we have tonight to worship you, God, to learn about you, Lord, and what you want for our lives. Would you speak through me? Would you not anoint my words, God, and uh, just be with us here tonight? We love you. Amen. So last week... Um, those of y'all who are here, Jordan talked about um, three things in 1 Corinthians uh, that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth about the life of their church, right? Um, he, he, he was talking about how they managed their time and how uh, they had the right to do anything, they claimed, but not everything was uh, beneficial. Uh, not a, they didn't want to be mastered by anything, and he um, pointed out that not everything that they did, not everything that they chose to spend their time with um, was was edifying to other people, right? Um, he attacked a huge argument of the day, which is pretty common today. Um, I have the right to do anything. If I have the means to do it, then I can do it, right? YOLO, keeping it hunted, you know, all these things. One hunted. I didn't even say that right because I never say it. Um, but anyways, yeah, so he was, he was talking about those things. So we saw how uh, 
Corinth back in the day was pretty similar to Morgantown today, right? Uh, some of the temptations, some of the activities may have been a little bit different than they are today, but overall the attitude was pretty similar. So we also saw that the culture in Corinth, the overall immoral culture, was affecting the culture inside of the church, which was not good. Um, the, cult, the, the culture of the church, or Chi Alpha, is supposed to be different from the culture of the rest of the world. So in regards to time, that's what Jordan talked about last, last week, and this week we're going to be talking about money. So how did um, the culture in Corinth affect the culture of the church in Corinth? Well, just like the Corinthians, we have a church, or we have a church, we have a culture around us telling us how we should spend our money, right? Spend your money on things that, you know, pretty much are pretty much uh, just for for yourself, right? Um, y'all might be thinking, can we even talk about money in church? This is a Christian organization, right? And money's secular. Money is for people of the world. We can't talk about money in the church because we only talk about religious things here. Well, newsflash, you're going to be dealing with money for the rest of your lives, right? So it's probably a good idea that we know how to honor God with it, right? Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. A lot of y'all might have questions about money currently, um, about like its importance, what place it should hold in our lives, um, how important it is to God, things like that. Or what God wants for us with money, like how much can we make? Can we save money? Do we have to give a lot of it away? Do we have to give any of it away? A lot of things like that. We might have questions like this for the rest of our lives. So hopefully I can answer some of those questions tonight. Um, so best place to look when talking about money is in the Bible, right? Does the Bible even talk about money? Yes, it talks a ton about money. In fact, it talks so much about money that it was pretty tough finding one or two verses specifically to go off of to talk about tonight because there's around 800 verses um, in the Bible about money. Here's a list right there. Um, this slide, if you want to take a picture of this with your phone or something, you can uh, for later use because I'm not going to go through all of these or nearly any of these uh, tonight, just a few others. Uh, but taking a picture of this might be helpful for later. Um, around 800 verses in the Bible. Three, two, one. Okay, Sean, next one. Okay, yeah, so this is those last two were about money and wealth or wealthy. This is about rich and riches. Um, and if you guys look in, in, your, in the index of your Bible, if you don't have a Bible, get a Bible one with an index, most of them have one, and that's where I found the majority, or all of these verses. You can look for um, index words like money, wealth, wealthy, poor, poverty, rich, riches, anything like that, right? The Bible talks about things from, from making money, to spending money, to loaning money, to bribing with money, lying about money, saving money, right? A ton of things, uh, it's all in the Bible. Um, and it also talks about the effect that these things can have on our lives. So money is a pretty big deal in the Bible. Jesus actually talks about money more than heaven and hell combined in the New Testament. So maybe we should be talking more about money than we are those two things. Jesus thought it was a big deal, so we should too. 
the reality is that we're going to be dealing with money for the rest of our lives, right? And so, and it's also important to God. So it's important that we know how we can honor God with it, how we can spend it wisely, how we can not dishonor him, and how we can know if and when we are actually honoring him. So that's what we're going to do tonight. But let's jump back real quick to the verses that we saw at the beginning that Nathan read. Oh, not that one. Sorry. Next one. Oh, there we go. Psalm 24, 1 through 2. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the, wa- the seas and established it upon the waters. Some of y'all are like, man, it doesn't even say money in there. <laughs> How is this verse about money? Well, it says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, right? Which means everything, including money. All right, so what does this even mean? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Well, I don't even feel like I have to elaborate on it because it says it right there. Everything. Our clothes, our shoes, the bank, these speakers, Obama, this water bottle next to Nate, my haircut, which I need one, um, the football team, WU, Chi Alpha, the roads out there, University, everything is the Lord's. The trees, the waters, these chairs, West Virginia, the list goes on and on, right? Until everything (laughs) is said, right? Everything is the Lord's. And not just everything, but everybody. Donald Trump, Lecrae, 21 Pilots, uh, Lady Gaga, Stephen Hawking, Paul and Holly Mancius, Zoe Goody, uh, those two girls coming in the door right now, they belong to God, whether they like it or not. Um, all of us, it's true for all of us, right? The pr- your professors, your mean ones, and your nice ones, the annoying classmates that sit next to you, your neighbors that keep you up all night long because they're partying, everybody and everything belongs to God, including our money, right? That's the first thing that we need to understand. You might be wondering, well, why does it why does it all belong to him? Well, it also says that right there. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. God, no one came before God, right? He's he's made every single thing in the world. Well, man has taken things that he's made and made other things, which is pretty cool that he's given us the ability to do that. But he founded everything. Well, that doesn't mean it's his. Well, think about the corporate world, right? Anytime anybody makes something, that product belongs to them, right? That's called uh, patenting, right? Uh, They usually do the patent for it. Unless someone like a founder of that company that they work for owns it, right? Or the person who created it or the founder sells it, right? Well, nobody came before God. Nobody made everything that God made. So everything ultimately belongs to him. These companies, the things made in these companies, everything that we own, everything that we don't own, everything that we see belongs to him because he founded everything. He is the founding father. Hey, (laughs) the original founding father. Um, But anyways, right. And he hasn't sold us to anybody, right? Or anything. In fact, we'll get to something later, which is really cool about buying and selling uh, but anyways, so so he owns all the money in the world, right? 
and he's given it to us to be responsible for. That's the first big point I want to make tonight. Well, after the fact that God owns everything. Uh, but right, so all the money in the world belongs to him, and we're responsible for the money that he's given us. Sometimes we can be irresponsible with the money that he gives us, right? Think about everything that money's spent on. Not just us, but everybody in the world. We buy candy. We buy clothes. We go see the movies. We buy birthday presents. We go get haircuts. We, you know, some people do drug deals. All the money that is going in and through sex trafficking, casinos, the lotteries, all of this money ultimately belongs to God, right? So it's kind of crazy and it's pretty bad that we're using it sometimes. Hopefully no one's involved in sex deals or sex trafficking or drug deals because that'd be another issue for another time. Uh, but, But yeah, all of this money belongs to the Lord and we are responsible for it. Other things we spend money on, they kind of fit into three categories. The have to's, the want to's, and the should's. Right. So we have to pay for things like school, gas if we drive a car, um, you know, books for our school. if We want to pass our classes, food um, and a lot of other things. I think I said food twice. It's important. Um, and then there's things that we want to buy. Right. Like uh, like when we eat out, we don't necessarily need to spend spend money on that extra clothes, um, going to the movies hanging out with friends, uh, Netflix. Some of y'all think Netflix is a have to. It's not. You can live without it. I promise. But we'll move on. There's the shoulds like, well, should I give money to God? I think I should give money to homeless people when I walk by them. I think I should, you know, give money to nonprofit organizations, stuff like that. And then I figured I'd add in one more category, which is like the weekly stuff that you just can't pass up. Like 40 cent wings after Kyofa at Kegler's every Monday or IHOP, whatever you guys buy there, ladies. Um, <laughs> ladies is a funny word to add at the end of anything because it just makes it sound super weird, especially when you say like ladies. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's from a comedian, not my joke, not my joke. Uh, but uh, also the two for 10 deal at IHOP, you get two omelets and Two stacks of three pancakes for ten dollars. That's five bucks each if you're splitting it. That's amazing. From four to ten p.m. at IHOP, the one at University Park. I'm not sure if it's the other one, but that one doesn't matter anyways. So yeah, I mean I'm I'm spending my money there every single Wednesday with Creston, which I'll miss him. He's not here. But yeah, so we give our money to a lot of these things, right? Obviously, the Lord trusts us with a lot. Because this is his money. He doesn't have to trust us with this, but he does. I think my first experiencing, experiencing, experience with managing money was when I was a kid. And I played Monopoly with my family. Not my whole family, generally. It was just Katie, my sister, Katie Goody, and I, Christopher Palmencius, are related. We're brother and sister, if you didn't know that. When I left Sam Houston State three years ago, two, year, two and a half years ago, people were still finding that out after six years. So I just thought I'd clarify. If people ask you next year, tell them it's true because I'm done explaining. Well, anyways, so Katie 
and I and my brother, my younger brother Steven, we would play Monopoly. Seemed like pretty often. I don't know if you're like me, but it seems like thing that I, things that I might have done like three or four times between the ages of five and 12 years old, I did every single day. That's what it feels like with Monopoly. But we played all the time, right? Well, Katie's two years older than me, and this is probably age seven, maybe six, age nine, pretty young to be managing money. Uh, and then my brother's like, what, four or five or six or whatever. Well, if you've ever played a board game or any sport or anything competitive for that matter with Katie, you will find out that she is no longer the sweet, <laughs> innocent pastor's wife and mother to a gentle baby. She is ruthless when it comes to competitions. And she's not just ruthless. She's good. It's so frustrating. And I experienced this as a child. And I still do sometimes when I play games with her. But it wasn't that she just beat us all the time. It was that she said one phrase every single time I moved my piece further on the board, which pretty much I landed on her spot every single time because I was bad and she was buying everything. It was the phrase, you're worthless. <laughs> Can y'all believe that? Terrible, right? What a terrible older sister, man. I'm glad she got saved. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Hey, that wasn't the, fra that wasn't the phrase she said. It was, it was a joke. But it felt exactly the same whenever she said it. The phrase was these three words. You owe me. Every single time I rolled the dice, I rolled it in fear because I knew that once that piece <laughs> stopped moving, you owe me was going to follow. No matter what happened, I could roll a 13, which you can't because there's only six numbers on each dice, but I'll roll it or anything else and I would land on hers because she had already bought everything. You owe me. And she would say it the same way every single time. I can still hear it. It's ingrained in my mind. She said, you owe me. And she'd look at her car as she drags out the me. And before she even knew if it was her spot, she just somehow knew. You owe me $47,000 million, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. And then she basically just took my money every single time. And every time I rolled, it was just the same thing over and over again. I hated it. I vowed, and I still do, to never play Monopoly again. I'm pretty sure the last time I played it was with Katie and Steven at least 10 years ago, and I will never play it again. I'm done with that game forever. I hate it. If you want to play it when I'm around, have fun, because I'm not playing it. I'm serious. I will never play it again. We'll get back to that story later. I just thought it was funny because it had to do with money. Uh, but anyway, Sean, can you hit the next one, please? Heather, hey, y'all are one. It's in the Bible. Cool. So, 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. This one doesn't have to do with money either. <laughs> um, Jordan read this verse last week, right? He was talking about, um, well, this one specifically is in regards to, to sex, but we're not going to talk about that tonight, although there'll probably be, never mind. Um, <laughs> oops. Uh, 
But but yeah, so the important part of this verse that we want to focus on is this basically verse 20. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. The verse says you were bought as, at a price. We're not going to go into it too much, um, but the words you were bought at a price has to do with something called redemption, right? Basically, um, if you're a Christian uh, or you're not a Christian, either way, um, without Jesus, we are unable to get to the Father, right? Jesus had to come because Adam and Eve from the very beginning disobeyed God and that separated man from God for all of eternity unless something or someone intervened, right? Jesus came and a payment was necessary. And the word redemption basically means it's, it's a word um, in Romans, the Greek word that's used is, is the word that's used in the marketplace in terms of buying and selling. What Jesus did was he, he paid with his own blood, with his life, when he died on the cross to get us back because we were unable to pay for our own sins, even through all the sacrifices that they did in the Old Testament. So what Paul is telling the Corinthians was that you are not your own because Jesus paid for you with his life, right? And that's true for us as well, whether it's in, re- in regards to sex or our school, or the way we spend our time, or our money, or anything else, we rightfully belong to God, to Jesus, because he, p- he paid for us with his life. So we owe him everything. It's really cool because, you know, Jesus, a lot of people get frustrated um, at God for the things that he asks us to do. But if we were to read the entirety of the Bible and understand it at face value, and look really deep into it, then we would see that Jesus actually never asks us to do anything that he hasn't already done, right? God asks us to give us his money. Jesus has already paid for us with his own blood. I'm not paying with my blood, right? He's just asking for my money. Um, And that's, I think, at least what we can do because Jesus gave his entire life to get us right he was obedient to the lord the lord sent jesus to the earth to pay with his life and jesus is asking us to at least trust god with our money i hope that makes sense um it's a pretty big deal it was actually really cool um preparing for the sermon i was thinking through this stuff specifically about jesus dying on the cross and um I was praying the other day about some stuff and, you know, just it's good to thank Jesus for what he's done on the cross often uh, because I think a lot of times we forget and and we need to remind ourselves what he's actually done. Um, And I was praying about it. I was like, thank you, Jesus, you know, for dying on the cross, this and that. Right. And I was like, man, I never feel grateful enough for what Jesus did on the cross. I'm like, man, I'm saying thank you, but I don't feel like I'm ever going to be able to fathom the immensity or the the extent to which Jesus gave for me, right, for, for my sins. And I was like, Lord, I'll never be able to pay you back, right? That seems like a cliche phrase, but once I said that, like, in my prayer, it made sense. We will never be able to pay Jesus back for what he did. If we could, then he wouldn't have had to down the cross in the first place because we could have paid for our own sins, right? 
So if you find yourself in the same situation I was in, don't worry. We'll never understand how grateful we should be for Jesus um, because we'll never know how much it actually cost. We'll never know what Jesus went through, his experience in that situation that he paid for us with his life. So we should we should be willing to trust him with our money and give it back to him, right? So back to Monopoly. I'm not going to rap on it again because I'm not a rapper. Uh, Nate got it. He said, so stop rapping at me. I was supposed to say, oh, you guys are supposed to say, so stop rapping at me. Anyways, um, I lost my train of thought. Come on, guys. Don't mess me up. Uh, for real, though, why did I get frustrated every single time Katie took my money? Because I was losing, right? No, that's not just why. Because I thought the money was mine, right? And she was making me spend it in ways that I didn't want to spend it, which was mainly just giving it to her every single time. I was extremely upset. I was getting upset thinking about Monopoly, preparing for the sermon. <laughs> Honestly, every single time I talk about it, it just makes me, I will I will go on about that. And I, I think Katie was laughing when I mentioned it because earlier because she knew exactly what I was talking about because I've said it many times before. And she knew what she did. That's why she was laughing. Anyways, I was upset because I thought the money was right. It's mine. I have the right to do with it what I want. Corinth. Morgantown today, this was my attitude. Even as a seven-year-old, was it real money? It wasn't real money. It was real money to me, though, right? Because it was a game and it mattered. That's why I got so upset. Well, what if the money wasn't mine? What if I never considered the money that I got from the bank, from the things that I bought, from the things that other people gave me, in, in Monopoly, simple example, but what if I never considered that money actually mine? What if I thought of it more as just money that Katie, as the banker, which she always was because she was the oldest, was just lending to me to take care of for her, right? I probably wouldn't be so upset when I had to give it back to her, first of all. I probably would be much more willing to give it back to her when she asked for it. And I'd be a ton more grateful because she actually trusted me with her money in the first place. Right? Y'all see where I'm going with this? Okay. Well, if you don't, I'll tell you. The same thing is true with the Lord, right? Take Monopoly. Apply it to our lives. That's what's happening. God has given his money to us, and we're responsible for it. He may ask for it back, which is completely in his right to do because it belongs to him. If we know that it's his, we'll be more grateful for it. Knowing that it's his, we'll be much more willing and ready to give it back to him, whether or not he asks for it or not. Understanding that the money that he gives to us is actually his is crucial in knowing how to spend our money, right? Because it's no longer what pleases me but it's what pleases him that determines how we're going to spend our money. Determining what pleases him, 
I think we can find that out by reading the scriptures that I put up there, looking in your Bible for what what pleases him in regards to those verses on money. Also, um, I'm really grateful for my dad. He's awesome. Uh, when I was younger, I thought he had a ton of arbitrary, pointless rules in the house. I don't anymore. As a child, that's what I thought. <laughs> there was one. I didn't like tucking in my shirt, right? What kind of 12-year-old, still don't, what kind of 12-year-old is supposed to tuck, tuck in his shirt, right? You go to church, you look like a scrub. You're 12. Who cares, you know? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, what are the other? Oh, keep your room clean. It's my room. I can do whatever I want with it. I don't need to listen to you. I'm a rebellious, you know, kid. Get out of here, Dad. Every kid like that. I'm grateful that he implemented those rules and hounded me for those things, stuff like that. Um, because now, I'm a very... Well, I think I'm a pretty well-kept person. Um, but a lot of it is because of the things that he told me to do. So if uh, one example, say if I, uh, if I had to wonder, like, you know, five years ago, I wonder if my dad wants me to throw a baseball through the window in the living room. Is that a dumb question? It's a dumb question, uh, especially 20 years old. Um, but anyways, say if there's something that my dad hasn't explicitly said, hey, don't throw a baseball through the living room window, I can still gather that what he wants and doesn't want from things that he's already told me, right? I can gather what he values, what he wants for my life, for the, rest of the, lives, for the other lives of the rest of the people around me by what he's already told me, by what I know about him, by his character, by what I've seen um, with what he's already told me to do and to not to do. The same thing is true with the Lord. Sometimes the Bible won't say, hey, buy these things and don't buy these things. But we don't necessarily need him to say everything that we can and can't buy if we look at the things that we already know to be true about his heart, right? So I'm not here to tell you what to spend your money on and what not to spend your money on. But through prayer, through reading your Bible, through knowing God, you can figure out, and with help from other people, Lord, what do you want me to spend these things on? Oh, God wants us to take care of our bodies. I probably shouldn't be putting a ton of drugs, any drugs, or a ton of alcohol into them, right? I probably don't need to be, you know, buying headphones or speakers that, you know, is going to, damage my eardrums like Raymay's were on Saturday night when Justin took her to that concert and she stood right next to the speaker. Um, probably shouldn't have them in the house, right? Because they're going to kill our ears. We probably shouldn't buy movies or books that are going to pollute our minds, right? Because God wants us to be pure and holy. You know, we could spend them on things like, you know, Christian books or hanging out with friends who love the Lord, stuff like that, right? Because we can gather what the Lord wants for our lives from who we know him to be. The bottom line is that we owe God all of our money. First, because it all belongs to him in the first place. And second of all, because Jesus paid 
for our lives with his life. And we owe everything that we have, everything that we own to him. Band, y'all can come back up, please. So where do we go from here? How can this be applied to my life? Like I mentioned, I think the first thing we need to do if we really want to know how to spend our money wisely is to read our Bible. Get to know the Lord. Read specifically what he says about money, about being rich, about being poor, about how we spend it, about hoarding it, about giving it away. All of these things, like I mentioned earlier, are in the Bible. We need to read our Bibles. Yeah, good idea. Um, Also, I've said it a million times, we need to understand that we're stewards of God's money, not owners of it. All the money we have belongs to him. We need to understand that. Yeah, I know, you told us already 20 minutes. We forget these things, and we return to old ideas and old ways of life, and it's completely possible with money and how we spend it and how we earn it, too. Um, didn't talk much about that tonight, but you might, you guys might be tempted either now or presented with fr- with uh, um, opportunities in the future where you're offered money um, in, in, the, in the corporate world that isn't pleasing to God. And this is going to come up as something that you guys need to learn how to do. Um, thirdly, so we need to know what God wants, read the Bible. We need to be, we need to understand that we're stewards and we need to trust God with the money that we actually have, right? Does that mean giving all of it to him? Not necessarily. It means going and saying, Lord, you are the Lord of my life. You are the Lord of my, my possessions of my money. I trust you with this. Would you help me learn how to spend it wisely? Would you trust me? Would you help me to, um, trust you? And knowing how to um, to save money and knowing how to spend it in ways that honor you, would you take over my money, right? It's toughest to give control, to let go of control of the things that we have most control over, right? Money is one of those things. We need to give control of it to God. Every time I've given it to the Lord, and I did this recently within the past couple months, I needed more money. I spent too much last semester Lord, would you help me save? Would you provide ways for me um, to get the money that I need to pay, taxes, stuff like that? And it seemed like the amount that I saved was like $15 a week, but the amount that was actually saved was much more than that. Did he multiply my money? Maybe. I don't even know. I didn't even look at it, you know, like and see how it all added up. I just know that when I gave it to the Lord, when I started trusting it, and, and saying, Lord, I trust you with this, then, then he provided, right? So we need to trust God with our money. Um, Malachi 6.10, really cool verse. This is what it says. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. God is saying, hey, try me out. Give your money to me and see what I can do with it. Trust me with your money and I'll give back to you. 
Have, have we trusted God with our money? Have we given him an opportunity to prove faithful? We need to because he is, and he, and he will be when we trust him with stuff. Um, go ahead and hit the next one. Sorry, I lost my place. Um, A.W. Tozer, he's amazing. I uh, wrote this book called The Pursuit of God. And which I would, should have just given one out tonight. Uh, but there's a chapter called The Blessedness of Possessing Nothing. It's amazing. I read, I wanted to quote the whole chapter tonight, but I couldn't um, because we didn't have nearly enough time. Um, but this is one thing he says. He says, everything is safe, which we commit to him. And nothing is really safe, which is not so committed. That's not just our lives. That's everything we own, right? When it's in the hands of God, it's safe. So we need to do that. It's tough because we want to hold on to it, and we think that we're more able to take care of it, like Adriana was t- talking about at uh, when she read that verse from Isaiah. But um, he's a lot more able than we are. So we have to trust God with our finances. And then, they're like, man, this is a lot of stuff to do. Um, we can give back to God, right? That's probably the thing that y'all are expecting me to say the whole time during the sermon. Um, but we need to give back to God. It's, it's, uh, it's recommended that we give 10% of, of our, of what we earn back to the church, right? That'd be a great way to start. If you don't have a home church, you should find one. That's your first step. If you don't have one and then give back to it, you make 10 bucks an hour, you give a dollar an hour to the church, make a hundred dollars a month. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> you give $10 a month to them. <laughs> you're going to die if you make that much. Um, <laughs> uh, real quick, I can't say that. I want to I wanna talk about the office so much, but I can't. Um, but, uh, but anyways, yeah, so we need to start with 10%. Start with 10%, right? We can go up from there. 10% is just a good starting point, right? Um, if God's given us all the money that we own, which we don't really own, is it too much for him to ask for it back? No, right? What if you went to the grocery store and your friend's like, hey, can you buy me a pack of peanuts? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, you buy him a pack and then you get in the car and you're like, hey, man, can I have a few of those? He's like, oh, heck no, man, these are mine. Are you serious? I would take all those peanuts, roll down the window and throw them on the ground and drive away. Probably leave them at the grocery store too. That's insane. If you understand that what God has given you, he has given you, then it's not arbitrary for him to ask for it back, right? It's crazy, actually, not to want to give him anything back because you know that he gave it to you. If you don't believe that he gave it to you, well, I guess you don't believe it, and it's not crazy to hold on to it. But hopefully, you can see that he has given it to us. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. It's up there. Oh, oh, it is. Hey. I didn't think I sent it. Uh, for for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that so that through his poverty you might become rich. Our money belongs to God. We belong to Him. He made everything. He paid for us. We need to be willing to at least start by giving back just a little bit to him, right? 
when you start with a marathon, when you're going to run a marathon, you don't try and run 26.2 miles the first time, right? You might run a mile or two and then work your way up. We can start with a little bit. And then as he proves faithful, we'll want to give more, right? If you think about how easy it is to spend um, money on people that we care about, if you're dating or courting somebody, or your family members or close friends, anything like that, right? Giving gifts to them, spending money for that stuff is easy. You don't even think twice about it. It's like, oh, man, well, I don't have enough money. I'll make it back. I want to give them this, right? If we really do love God, it's a no-brainer. It's going to be out of the overflow of our love that we give back to him, right? I'm going to end with a quote from C.S. Lewis. He's amazing. It's from Mere Christianity. I think it's the last chapter of the book. might be the last thing he says in the whole book. He's talking about um, making new men, not just... I forgot what he says. Uh, but anyways, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this and then and then we'll finish. Submit to death, death of your ambitions and favorite wishes every day and death of your whole body in the end. Submit with every fiber of your being, and you will find eternal life. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have not given away will really be yours. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ, and you will find him, and with him, everything else thrown in. If we ask Jesus how to spend our money, and trust him with it, and give it to him, he'll do it. And we'll get Jesus and everything else thrown in because he owns it all. Let's pray. Father God, we love you, Lord. We're grateful, God, that you trust us with your things, that you allow us to learn how to manage and be responsible for things and each other and money and everything else that's yours that you let us and joy, Father, and, and, and spend and have, Jesus. Would you help us love you with our finances, God? Both now and, and forever, Jesus. We want to we wanna love you through them and with them, God. We want to be wise about how we spend it and how we make it, Jesus. Would you speak to us right now, Father? If there's anything in our lives, God, that anything that we spend money on or or save it for, or how we earn it, Jesus. Would you, um, would you speak directly to those things, God, and help us see um, better ways that we can spend our money that will honor you, Jesus. God, we love you, and we're grateful that you, uh, you gave your life for us, Jesus. Help us never forget that, and always be grateful. In your name we pray. Amen.